So welcome, Hari. Uh, uh, thank you for taking the time off from your busy schedule. Uh, uh, it's, uh, I mean, I know it's, it's, it's long days right now, and, uh, and, and the time right now, for those who don't know, is, is 11.15, almost 11.30 p.m. So thanks again for taking the time. Thank you, Murli. Thank you for having me. All right. So, uh, I mean, it is it, the lockdowns. We're in, I think, in day seven or day ten, depending on which state you're in, of the lockdown. And uh, uh, how is it going at Big Basket? How is Big Basket dealing with uh, the lockdown? I was reading somewhere on social media, uh, you know, someone commenting that uh, this is, you know, uh, you know, this is PTM had a demonetization moment. This is Big Basket's, you know, lockdown moment. But in some ways, the comparison is not correct because uh, as soon as the traffic increased on Paytm post demonetization, all that they had to do was re-architect the software a bit and add several servers. We are a brick and mortar business. For us, capacity creation is a time-consuming and a painstaking process. Even in peacetime, it takes a long time to add capacity. You need to create new warehouses. You need to hire people to work in the warehouses. You need to hire people to deliver stuff, you need to create all these transshipment hubs, dark stores. It's a time-consuming process. So our capacity to deliver depends on infrastructure and people. So what has happened now is the demand has become 5x of the regular demand. And our capacity in terms of people has become just 0.3x of what it was. So x was the you know capacity and x was the demand. So there was a perfect match post, I mean, pre-lockdown. But post-lockdown, the demand went up by 5x and the capacity shrunk. So you can imagine the mismatch. So while the opportunity in front of us is amazing, it's how do we bring back people to work? Because you and I are all working from home, you know, safe. Most of us have been you know, forced to work from home, forced to stay at home. And, uh, you know, all these individuals who are working at the warehouses and doing last mile delivery are also concerned about the safety and health. And they would also like to, you know, stay home. But there are a few who are turning up for work and we are trying to make the best use of them. And efficiencies are a little better because traffic on the roads, you know, is, is non-existent these days. So making those deliveries and navigating to tra through traffic is much easier. And we are also working with uh, a lot of companies, a lot of industries, which are seeing a downturn in business. So, for example, the entire National Restauranteers Association of India, they've approached us. We've tied up with Uber. I think uh, there will be an announcement tomorrow. You know, uh, collaborating with Uber, we will deliver groceries. We've tied up with Cardos. We're working with Redbus. We're working with Swiggy at some places. So, we are working with a whole host of, you know, companies and industries that are seeing a relative downturn because they don't have work for their people. So they want to see if we can deploy them. And we are trying to do that. And it's not easy because you need to quickly take them, train them. And, you know, tall promises are made, but mostly, you know, their enthusiasm wanes off when you talk to them about what is the kind of work they need to do. A waiter in a restaurant may not be excited to carry crates in an apartment and deliver them to customers. So it's all hard work trying to figure out how do you increase and step up capacity. We are, you know, recruiting as well. But then how do you even do recruitment in a lockdown? It's not easy because people just can't step up, step out and come to a center, you know, and the cops are going to stop them. So I think we are struggling. I think uh, many customers are, uh, I would say, are understanding the risk because slots are closing exactly within 60 seconds of them opening up. 
earlier we used to just keep the slots open for two days and you know two days were enough to deliver so for example any customer who would come to the big basket site and place an order we would deliver it on the same day or the next day we never had to go into day two but now we are going into day seven we opened up slots for day seven all the slots are fully booked and we have a rolling you know seven day window so when we reach the second day we open up for the eighth day exactly in 60 seconds the slots for the full day get closed and people wonder you know why the slots are getting closed big basket is not able to serve no, it's a terrible place, you know, terrible company. I think uh, it's like, you know, trying to sell iPhones, doing an auction on a site for iPhones at 500 rupees a piece, iPhone 8 at 500 rupees, and you have just 100 phones mm. on auction. It, in just a fraction of a second, those 100 would be taken, right, given the price of five. That's the same situation we are in. So I think we are trying to step up capacity and uh, hire people, inspire, motivate people that they're serving a bigger purpose, bigger cost. I mean, as consumers also, I think there is this recognition of this, uh, of the sense of the service to the nation that's happening with, with the whole delivery staff, the infrastructure. And, and you, you mentioned about motivating staff to do this service. I mean, also it's almost like there is a top description and then there is this added layer of service right now with, with, with everyone. So how's, I mean, as head of HR, how, how are you, I mean, how, how do you make that that point three x of capacity, and you're you're getting people to come on and train them? And, and are you are you doing? Is there a general sense of this recognition of the service that's permeated inside the basket? I think uh, you know, a crisis is not always the best time to you know drive certain values. I think all these kind of values need to be driven before a crisis. I think Big Basket has always been built with a certain set of values. In the book launch, you're saying move to Jukar to make the Big Basket. Someone said that we should be building a company which if it shuts down, there should be a public outcry. So that was the entire intention with which it was built, which is that keeping the customer at the center of everything. The way we built the business was keeping the customer at the center of everything. One of our values is a meaningful focus on customer. And therefore, we've inculcated all of these values in the company much before this crisis. Teams learn how to collaborate well. There's a sense of humility in the organization. And even people at you know with uh, very cool education qualifications work with a lot of humility with those who are educationally less privileged. So I think that uh, plays out in a very positive way in times of a crisis. I think all the teams are coming together. And I think in a crisis like this, you just need to go a little out of the way in getting the soldiers and the artists to love and respect one another. And I'm using these terms, soldiers and artists, in a very metaphorical way. They really are different teams. For example, product and operations, marketing and sales, HR, you know, uh, finance, all these are different, different teams in normal situations. They have their own conflicts. The conflicts begin to play out a little bit. They get settled with time and the company moves on. But in a crisis, there's absolutely no time for this kind of conflict. You should trust one another, work with speed. So, for example, we are trying to sign up an agreement with Uber. The team on the ground is moving so fast and they sent out the agreements with Redbus and Uber, the finance team. And finance team is looking at them at 11.30 at night, reading those agreements, redlining them and sending them back. By one o'clock, they'll be going back and tomorrow there'll be an announcement. So everybody is working hard. I think there is clearly a sense of purpose. Everybody feels that they're solving a problem of the nation. 
nobody sees it as you know we are working for big boss at this point of time everybody feels that we are serving the nation and i think uh, that's what we've done very effectively which is delegated powers to the regions which is this is a warlike situation in a warlike situation you need the field commanders to take charge each headquarters or the corporate office needs to step back and just provide them the support needs to just empower them needs to make them feel that they are doing the right things needs to make them feel that you can make mistakes don't worry about that but let's progress so i think uh, if you can create 100 leaders in a crisis 100 leaders in different parts of the company those who can take decisions take those risks take those calls make those difficult choices and keep moving ahead that's when you begin to solve problems quickly and i think that's what we've done which is created these 100 leaders across the company made them feel empowered they are taking those decisions they are collaborating without any support normally you would expect the function heads to intervene always and you know you sort out things sort out iron out some conflict but the function heads are not involved the people in these teams are working directly between themselves and are figuring out and learning how to quickly resolve conflict so i think um, that's working well for us we are moving rapidly for instance we quickly introduced something called a contactless delivery and that required product tech operations process training everybody to work hand in hand and something that would have taken you know 15 days gets done in a day because everybody is working with that kind of energy i mean you guys are in the grocery and the and the beauty space right so uh, i mean where is what do brands do in this in this environment are you working uh, with them are, are they struggling what are their struggles because i i can imagine there's a sense of service um, that for them to enable that delivery very clearly i think uh, it's a total lockdown for 21 days so you know stores are shut online services mostly excepting for essentials are shut so you know even we are we are doing deliveries right and on our site we deliver general merchandise we deliver beauty products we have a whole host of products but the government has not exempted all of them the government has not allowed e-commerce companies to go and deliver all that stuff there are going to be audits random audits and if they find that we are doing stuff which we are not supposed to be delivering then we are going to be in trouble so we have you know actually controlled our assortment we only are delivering essential items whatever the government has explicitly said are exempt and those that can be delivered at this point in time those are the only thing that we deliver and therefore a lot of other products you know beauty and uh, a host of other uh, non grocery non essential products are uh, lying in warehouses lying in uh, you know physical stores and uh, are unlikely to see movement till uh, people can go out there and start buying so i think uh, inventories have built up i'm sure uh, these companies have uh, altered production because there will be no offtake so production of grocery and essentials continues and that's the way i think it is at this point of time so i mean I'm, i think there's a lot of talk in the industry that ecom will be out of the gates a bit earlier offline will will take a longer time for the the footfalls in the stores to 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 go back to the normal levels how uh, i mean do you how do you see it uh, i mean what's the chat around uh, yeah my own personal opinion view is that uh, this lockdown is not going to be for just 21 days even if it is relaxed up to 21 days there may be another lockdown to follow even if there is no official lockdown announced 
I think people would be reluctant to go out and uh, you know mingle in public spaces. I think the malls will be empty for a while. The movie halls will be empty for a while. Offices will be empty for a while. So I think uh, you know the, the same degree with, of freedom with which people mingle in public spaces will not happen for a very long time. That's my view. I think there is going to be this fear of mingling in public because the virus, you know, is going to be dormant and you don't know what will happen. So a lot of health conscious people are not going to be out there. And therefore, my own view is that uh, for a long time, e-commerce uh, will have an advantage because people will tend to buy stuff online. They will order online. And it's up to these e-commerce companies to be able to build capacity, deliver exceptional customer experience in this period and uh, get people who never shop online to begin to shop online and stay online and begin to experience the fun of convenience. I think uh, a lot of uh, you know people who were reluctant to shop online still went to physical stores, wanted to touch and feel, especially fruits and vegetables. I think uh, they will begin to see that it's not such a big thing after all. And I think once they begin to experience convenience and realize that touch and feel is not so important, they might uh, potentially you know, switch permanently. So I think these e-commerce companies need to build the capacity and use this opportunity to deliver exceptional customer experience. Yeah. What would your message be, uh, Hari, for, uh, for leaders in the, uh, at FMCG companies, at essential uh, companies that make essential products at this time? So all I would say is that uh, FMCG companies have managed channels very well. I think they have managed channels better than, for example, companies that manufacture phones, you know, cell phones. So I think they are, you know, masters of the game and they are able to quickly sense uh, which channel is doing well and reallocate their portfolio. So, for example, uh, you know, earlier it was all Kirana stores and then you had the modern retail, big bazaar, the large format stores. FMCG companies understood that this is a new channel and it needs to be serviced. As the channel grew bigger and bigger, the channel's ability to bargain with FMCG companies and get higher margin in margins increased. There was a third channel called e-commerce. began as a fledgling uh, channel, very small capacity, you know, percentage of the overall uh, you know, capacity, but then that's growing rapidly. And after the lockdown ends, I think it will continue to grow rapidly. I think FMCG's companies will have to realize this and we'll have to therefore come up with the right kind of pack sizes which are relevant for this channel, right kind of products which are relevant for this channel, for this uh, you know, consumer segment, and uh, also recognize that this channel is growing and therefore treat it the way it deserves to be treated. Thanks, uh, Hari, for those inspiring words. I'm sure they'll, they'll find a lot of receptive uh, minds. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Murli. Always Thanks. a pleasure.